Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. And it's actually worked because now I see in my numbers that uh, instead of 30% from my website and 70 the other, it's really getting the other way around now. Welcome to the Torpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow torpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. And welcome to episode 174 of the Torpreneur Podcast. We are joined today by Lieselot Kaura, all the way from Belgium. She is the Torpreneur behind Beer Secret. I love beer. I love tours. So this is going to be a fantastic conversation. Welcome to Torpreneur, Lieselot. Hello. Hello, Shane. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear your story. So how did you get, uh, how did, how did this all get started? How did you get into beer in the first place? Um, well, it was just because I was, uh, looking for my first job mm-hmm. after studying, uh, communication. And, um, as I was doing like some promotion jobs for like Desperados and Jägermeister, uh, I knew I would like to actually promote an alcoholic drink (laughs) yeah so um so then i was doing some job applications and in the end i got an uh, a job uh, at a small little brewery and that just launched their beer actually um so that's why um yeah and so i was happy that they hired me i i I had uh, no experiences in, in selling beers but as they were small, they saw that I was super motivated. So um, it was selling the beer, uh, doing the communication of the beer, um, delivering the beer with the car of my boss. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a cool job. It sounds like an amazing job to me. It sounds like a dream job. But the bottom line is you're still in sales. And as we all know, anyone who's sold anything, it's a very difficult, very challenging job. So... I'm sure yeah. that, you know, you had quotas and numbers to go after. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'd love to be selling beer all day, but it's a bit like working at a chocolate factory, you know, or a candy, you know, <laughs> candy factory. So how did you go from working in sales and promotions for a brewery into leading tastings and tours? Yeah. Uh, well, it was um, because I... Um, I wanted to, I always wanted to do something by myself, like mm-hmm. being my own boss. So at a certain moment when I was selling my beers and uh, I got more and more knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about the Belgian beers, I had the idea, why should I not just share my knowledge with more people than only bars and restaurant clients? And so that's why I I loved to uh, say, you know what, on Saturday afternoons, I'm sure that there are some people in in the city uh, that I know by selling the beers in that I thought, okay, let's let's gather those people together and and give them a beer tasting tour, uh, take them to different bars and explain about the Belgian beer culture. Um, So it was really about me having the knowledge and me always being curious and and having an entrepreneurship in me somewhere yeah so what <laughs> i'm is not in the family but it was somewhere yeah. presented so what i'm hearing from you is a passion for your product a passion for beer 
but also a passion for wanting to be your own boss, to build something on your own. Because giving up your Saturday afternoon, we've all done it. We've all worked a full-time job and then done something on weekends or evenings as we build. So how long were you working the Saturday afternoons for? How long were you doing this kind of on a part-time basis before you decided, hang on a minute, I think I can make this a full-time business? Um, So it started the tours in 2016. And then... um, Actually, also the um, yeah the tours also started because I got fired at my first challenging sales job, mm-hmm. and I was not expecting that at all because my goal was like super high, and as it was a completely new beer, like it was not so realistic. Uh, so it was surprisingly for me that I got fired, and that was the time that I got that I said, okay, let's do the tours. As an aside job, but then I worked for a second brewery, and um, well, that was a quite special boss. <laughs> he uh, he didn't saw how how much I was working for him and how 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 much the clients appreciated what I was doing for him. Uh, my client saw that, but he didn't see mm. that, or he didn't want to see that uh, because I am also a person that can be quite direct and will defend myself, etc. So yes, when you have a boss that doesn't care, uh, it doesn't make your best friend. And so he fired me. And then I was like, what? (laughs) This person fires me. It's like he doesn't. Yeah. So afterwards, by the way, it's funny. He he wanted me back. I remember that. But uh, the moment when he fired me, I decided a few weeks, months later, I'm not motivated to work for someone else anymore. I'm going to do my own thing. So I'm going to change my beer tour thing in a big thing. (laughs) And not only limited to Saturday afternoons. Yeah. So were you always called Beer Secret? No, no, it's a good question. Um... I um I was first called or the business was first called Belgium Beer Days. Mm-hmm. But I found out that um the name was difficult for a lot of people because if you say Belgium Beer Days, it's actually wrong English. Mm. It should be Belgian Beer Days. Correct. And maybe I'm already confusing you, but I was also confusing the clients with that. Because the clients didn't remember my name. Yeah. And uh, I think that was a bad thing. I, I, I don't know with who I talked, but um, I don't know. When you when you see extremely good names in, in, in startup businesses. And um, I, also, I also think that COVID has a lot of impact on that. If this is right English. Like COVID really helped me to think changing the name because with COVID, I also needed to focus me on locals. Yes, yes. And the Belgian beer day thing is, 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 is too touristic. Yeah. Um, and yes, local beer lovers can also take my tours and, and, in, and get introduced to their new Belgian beer friend. <laughs> I, uh, so, um, I, yeah. I love it personally when I see the word secret um or insider or whatever when i'm looking at tours because i think oh, i'm going to get something that the average person is not going to get to experience and you know if i'm looking at two beer tours you know and i see the word secret in one i'm more inclined to be more intrigued by the one with secret i think well what am i going to get mm-hmm. here the, you know the behind the scenes stuff or what the locals yeah. really drink and so i i think yeah. that was smart of you to make that transition to be a secret thank you thank you and I even remembered, I was like emailing you one day. I, I heard about your name. I was listening to your podcast. And then I, I, I went to this, um, this yeah, I had in contact with the arrival people as yes. well. And then I was also sharing that question in the arrival community. And then they said, oh, ask the question to Shane, you know. And so I reached out to you and I, I talked with a lot of people about it. Uh, so yes, by the way, this is an um, suggestion or like an advice from my side to all tourpreneurs that 
or still new, let's say, or like starting their business, if you, if just make sure your name is is, is not too long. Sometimes yeah. long names are not always the best, but uh, it depends, of course, as long as the people can easily remember. Yeah, I don't know. What comes to my mind is is the tour company in Melbourne, Australia. You know, hidden secrets. Uh, tours uh-huh. of Melbourne, you know, immediately you're intrigued. Like, okay, what are these hidden secrets? Whether you're yes. a foreigner or a local. So, so when did you make the the name, the company name switch? Well, um, at the first lockdown yeah. with COVID. Uh, so, like two, three months later, I changed the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I also created a a new website. So, I mean, now we had time, you know, tourpreneurs had time that day, uh, that day or that time. So uh, luckily I was just on time to also say to my web developer, let's focus on the SEO of Beer Secret and it's no Belgian beer days anymore. Yeah. 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 So you decide to go full time. Talk to us about some of the barriers that you experienced uh, to get up. So you already, I guess you have some advantage because you'd been doing this part time. So you'd got a, you already had some partnerships in place with, with breweries and bars, etc. What were some yeah. of the other challenges you experienced when you went from, let's call it the side hustle for now, through to going full time? Um, oh, well, it was, for me, I'm sure that my pricing was way too low mm-hmm. because I didn't have anyone advising me about that. And, you know, if you don't have the entrepreneurship skills yet, you're comparing your pricing with competitors. And that's not always the best way. It's more about the value. Um, so I think, yeah. I I must say that actually my only goal at the end of the year, when it was an aside job, was um, yes, of course I was uh, improving my my partnerships like with hotels and breweries, like you said. Um, but I didn't do it for the money. Eh? Mm. I just really I'm I was I was buying a laptop. I was buying a bike to have a lot of costs. <laughs> Um, so yeah, at the end of the year, there was almost nothing left, but Mm. I didn't mind. Um, so what I want to say is actually I did a bad business. (laughs) I was just running the tours because I loved it, but, uh, business wise, I was, it was really not a good thing. Um, when it changed, when it became, when I decided to make it my full time, Again, it has also something to do with the fact that it was the moment after being fired. Um, so, you know, like I can do this by my own. Um, and only then you have to review everything yeah. or overview everything and see like, okay, is this actually good? And let's write a business plan, <laughs> a business model. So how did you it took go about me a little that? bit of time? Huh? Yeah, Sorry. because so first of all, the vast majority of people listening to this show are nodding their heads right now. Most tourpreneurs do exactly the same thing. We love leading tours. We love building and designing a good experience. We love putting smiles on our customers' faces. Most of us are not very good at the business side of it. Um, <laughs> and... I'm curious to know how you took that next step then, how you went from realizing that, hey, I'm spending all my cash on the laptop, the bike, et cetera. I now need to kind of build a revenue stream. How did you go about creating a business plan? Yeah, well, that was actually um, thanks to <laughs> thanks to some students that said uh, we have a project to do. And then I thought, okay, it's interesting. They can uh, make a business plan for me, honestly. How did you um, uh, How did you get in touch with those students? How did that happen? How did that happen? It's a good question, Shane. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. If you work like 70 hours a week and then you have to remember everything, what you do, it's a, wait, wait, how did I get into those students? Um, well, I was studying in that school. Right. Uh, so for me, it was easy to know them. And what I also remember is when I was looking for a guide 
who could work for me at a certain moment when I was still working for my boss. Mm -hmm. At a certain moment, I didn't want to spend every Saturday afternoon anymore doing a tour because then I really felt like I don't have free time anymore at all. And that's how I get into touch with students of the school. And maybe then step by step when they realized, oh, this is your full-time job. And I was thinking maybe to also hire an intern. Mm -hmm. But then I found out hire an intern is not so like, just do it in one day. You know, you have to spend a lot of time on these people. And I think that's how I heard of another project in that that school. Right. Um, Because really, I'm sure that an intern is such a big value eh? like uh, how much hours are you spending on your social media uh, or just replying clients because you want to check if you were available so i i still want to have an intern but so i'm doing step by step so first this project with the students and now actually i even have students who are doing some research for me about What's my audience? Lucky um, you. Lucky you to have all these students. Many of our listeners are like, wow, I wish we had an army of students. But I I need to ask you, uh, what's the Flemish word for nosy? Um, Nieuwsgierig. Nieuwsgierig. So that's me, right? So I'm Nieuwsgierig. That's why I started this podcast. So that's why I'm asking you these questions because I'm (laughs) Nieuwsgierig. That's a new word for me today. So, <laughs> so the students get together and they work with you and they put a business plan together. Is, is that how it went down or? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then um, they put me in realize, realization what are like the threats for my business. A good example is COVID. I mean, the bars are closed. Uh, it's uh, crazy. Um But then they also showed me my financial plan. And so then they were like, "Uh how can you survive? You don't have money at the end of the month. So they they saw that something was wrong with my business. Um, But it was just because they, when they made this uh, business model thing, I was only six months full time. Yes. And then, so because of, Two, three months later, it was COVID. I didn't really experience to, to know how it, how busy it needs to be as a full time. Uh, because then it was even December and I went on holiday because I didn't know that December should normally be like the busiest month of the year for some, uh, um, for some uh, industries. Um, So what I want to say is that, um, okay, I knew that I needed to change a lot and improve a lot. Um, uh, So, yeah, I was definitely going to target more on who is my audience and just making sure you don't make cost anymore, like just... uh, um, I want to say just buying something because you need to make cost. So... you know, it's so funny is- you say that, you know, I, I'm, as we discussed earlier, I'm, I'm putting these videos out on YouTube now because people have asked for them. So I'm listening to my audience and I'm looking at lights, light settings and green skis. I was looking at lights last night and they're, like, they're $400, right? For these lights. I'm like, do I'm not oh. Steven Spielberg. Do I really need all of But I almost clicked by and I'm like, hang on a minute. Do you really need that? Um, yeah. Maybe I do. I don't know. But I, I think I understand that going out and just buying what you think is needed for the business without sitting back and, and really analyzing it. When, when you looked at that business plan, other than the finances, what surprised you the most in their plan? What was something you thought, wow, I hadn't thought of that? The, the web, like the, the percentage of the bookings, um, for example, at a certain moment, they told me like, they didn't understand if my pricing was this, Yeah. how is it that they only get, um, that revenue number. And then I said to them, ah, but wait, I forgot something important. Uh, 70% of my bookings are coming from OTAs. Right. <laughs> So I forgot that important detail, you know, which means that, of course, um, mostly 
brutal wise they had the same pricing more or less um so i knew like okay this is this is not good if you have 70% of your bookings coming from OTAs i mean for some people i know some people in the biz in the business do it mm-hmm. um but as i have already also some locals that i want to approach that I don't need to focus on too much on TripAdvisor. Yes. So I really needed to invest more in my websites and making sure that it's so um, easily, uh, yeah, workable, you know, like that it that you find that the customer find what it needs to find and that it's that it's clear where to book. Um yeah. So yeah, that was a big, that was a big changing yeah. and yeah. it actually worked because now I see in my numbers that, uh, instead of 30% from my website and 70, the other, it's really getting the other way around now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, that's that, a big that's win. Always... Those students did you a good, uh, good deed there in terms of capturing more direct bookings. So then I'm, I'm curious so you get the business plan, you're working on your website, working hard to get more direct bookings. Um, how did you then, because you mentioned that this was during COVID, so how did you go about then marketing to locals in the cities where you operate? Well, that's actually because uh, you create a community. Um, so with the first lockdown, I, that was also the time when I was changing the name, etc. So then I was all the time on my computer and I started to do the free online tastings. Right. So every Wednesday evening, I was like live on Facebook and I was announcing like, hey, this week uh, there is a tasting about Afligam and Orval uh buy the beer and 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 participate the free online tasting live tasting and um i think that has really uh has a good effect you hear a lot about arrival on this podcast it's the conference designed for entrepreneurs just like you the arrival conference features so many practical sessions to help operators with direct bookings digital marketing tour and experience design business operations and so much more you'll also get to connect with great people from otas technology companies marketing experts and get inspired to grow your business in the year ahead what we love most about arrival is seeing operators and entrepreneurs large and small meeting each other and building new friendships and partnerships seeing them share their stories and their learnings this is what makes arrival so special so why not join Shane and many other entrepreneurs in Las Vegas, October 10 to 13 at Arrival, the event where operators, attractions, and experienced creators learn, connect, and grow. Find out more at www.arrival.travel. How did you get the word out about that, Lisa Lot? So you, you were doing the, the virtual. How did you promote that to people so they, they were aware of it? On my on my Facebook page, on right. my uh, business page, um, which which had maybe not even thousand followers, but um, um, I also asked to people to tag their friends who were interested in the subjects. Uh, maybe now and then I was doing a Facebook ad. One that actually worked very well was um, a tasting about all the the Brussels uh, breweries, all the current Brussels breweries. And I remember I had really also much more um, people on my website. I saw my Google Analytics uh, increasing a lot with that. Um, and then, yeah. Um, did, did you? So just so I understand how that looks. So did you ask the customer to go and order the beer that you were tasting or did you send them the beer how did that work no but that, that's that was the problem and so in the beginning because it was locked down and i didn't had experiencing experiences sorry and uh shipping beers yeah. I, I i really had no experience at all so i decided to just do the 
taste things online and that I have my own beer and that also customers need to have their own beer. But because I also needed to have money from that um, model, I I realized, okay, I should stop doing this free life tastings. Yes. And uh, I should now uh, start, a, yeah, make a product with X number of beers, shipping it. Um, and, and, and the first edition was really that I, I was the one that was delivering the beers myself. So unfortunately, even customers from hundred kilometers away from me, they were scared to order because they thought she doesn't need to come to all the way from Bruges to Antwerp to deliver beers. So it was of course, super limited in the beginning, but, um, then I did a little bit of associations that I approached to um, to do an, um, a group mm-hmm. session with uh, 20, 30, nice. 40 people. And that, I think it was my first um, like private groups that could also make publicity to almost companies even who uh, were uh, looking for team buildings. But that took me really more than six, eight months. Um, So the first proper beer box delivery that I had my um, boxes sending uh, via post, that was like um, in December 2020. Right. Uh, but then I had suddenly like a customer asking for 100 boxes. And uh, I think I had a, a salary for half of the month. So that was good. But uh, then I was uh, packing myself. It's it, it actually not so important, but I was doing everything myself in the beginning. Logistic, you know, I was there with 100 boxes in my living room. <laughs> and how did you, like, I'm curious about that because quite a few people I know in the United States did something similar, but with, with different, not necessarily with beer. How did you then go about pricing that? Because, yeah. You know, the, if there's no one else doing it, you can't just say, oh, well, they're charging 99 euros, I'll charge 90 or whatever. Like, this is something you've created on your own. How did you come up with a price? Um, I'm also sure that in the beginning it was too lazy. Um, I was thinking about um, the online event itself. Um, how much would I uh, ask to be one hour and a half online? And something like, oh, I don't have to make more than 70 euros an hour. So if that marge you split in 10 people, <laughs> there's not so much marge left, each person. Then I put the cost of the beers, the cost of the shipping. And I think that was it. So I think the first boxes for the group sessions, I asked like 35 euros for a box. Um and um, that was not good, but mm. I think I, I I learned quite easily. And now you will probably ask, how did you learn that it was you too low? You know me so well pricing? already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that in the end, after all, you see like, damn it, was this only my profit? But then you realize how much time you took in preparing it. Uh, so then you start to realize, okay, I'm too cheap. Um, the pricing is too cheap. And, um, and I also find out that some wine tastings was, uh, were asking like 50 euros for per person. Um, yeah, but then I, and I'm very proud on that. I decided to actually visit a little bit of breweries and and make instead of offering the online beer tour now i'm offering an online brewery tour so i i used my own iphone i started to film um i put the unique brewing process of the brewery in the nice. picture uh, so i i i interviewed them about the history I taste the beers together with the founder and all those videos now, I have a kind of 
it could be a passive income. Yes. It's like, I have all those videos. I, I edited everything myself. I subtitled everything myself. So yes, it was a lot of work. Um, but I couldn't do it any tours that moment. So I'm super proud now of my product because now when an, an team building is asking for an online thing, they can do a beer quiz with me, but, but they can also do like a virtual brewery tour yeah. with me. So, and also this videos I'm actually selling on my website and, um, they don't, they don't need me, uh, anymore, but it's different. Of course, it's a different concept than, than guiding a group in the city. Then it's more about the experience and having me as a guide, but it's, it's interesting to have a type of passive income. You know, if there is someone on my website being interested in a beer cinema at uh, this brewery, they can buy it for nine euros, and I I I have this money directly. <laughs> Just to play devil's advocate, have you considered putting them all on a YouTube channel as a way of upselling? To hey, this is a you know a tour that we did of this brewery. Click here and come on an in-person tour with me, where I will visit and take you around. Just, just to you know, I, Rob does this very well at Trip Hacks DC. He has a podcast, he has a YouTube channel. He's uh -huh. not too um, in your face with the upsell, but there is definitely. Hey, I lead tours in DC, private tours, etc. I just wonder if that would be a good lead funnel for you. Just something for you to think about for the future. It's true. It's true, and actually. Um, it's like that. The beer cinema is in two ways that people can buy it. Mm -hmm. They can buy a beer box together with the beer cinema, or they can just buy the beer cinema separately. Yeah. And what I do now is, uh, and I think I also learned that by, I think also a lot of online free workshops during the lockdowns. And I know you mentioned that even in a lot of your episodes um, that you also subscribe or register, but still have to do the online courses yeah. <laughs> and the workshops. But I also learned a lot during COVID, thanks to the online workshop and learning about the customer journey, you know? So when they book a tour with you, make sure they receive an email where they say, hey, welcome. What I do is like, hey, welcome to the world of beer secrets. Do you want to get to know your guide before you meet her? Check her YouTube, uh, check her blog posts. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that, that's really cool. And what I do after the tour is like, um, I, um, I ask them a feedback. I, I found it super important. Um, and then I have an automatization <laughs> that, uh, when they fill in their email address, they receive automatically an email with the link to the group picture. Right. And then there is also a link or an asking like, do you want to now have a beer cinema at your place, at your own, how home, sorry. Uh, or do you want to have a beer box for 50% off? So now I'm trying to do this upselling with my beautiful customers, but it's not, not so good working yet. And then now I have those students who's going to work for me and they only started this week. So their project will be like, how can I upscale my beer box and beer cinema sales and trying maybe even to find partners in the US that are like selling my beer cinema and sending boxes out together with the beer cinema. So I really have to have partners uh, that are promoting that, uh, that concept. Um, and I was also thinking to put maybe some more on YouTube. Yeah. To, because there may be my customers or also, um, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure that you'll get feedback from others when this episode goes out. Um, there's no right or wrong way of doing this. I think you just have to test different ways. And the question is, do you want to make that immediate revenue versus, hang on, the more marketing material I put out there, the more chance I've got of somebody wanting to book and come on a tour with me 
and I'll, I'll drop you the link afterwards. And in fact, there's an episode on it about YouTube for tour operators with, with Rob at Triphex in, in Washington, D.C. That might give you some inspiration as well. Um, I'm cool, curious yeah. to learn, though. So it, so you ran the Facebook ads. You had the community for virtual getting switching tracks and going to the in-person tour. So what's the situation in Belgium as of today in terms of COVID and lockdown and how are things there? Right now, uh, things are going better. And um, I'm receiving, again, some requests for private tours. Um, the bars have been already open for six, seven months now. But um, only since last week, they were, like, open without restrictions. Mm -hmm. uh, before it was uh, 11 p.m., 12 p.m., uh, and of course, I was even, maybe that's interesting, yeah, I was at a certain moment um, because the, the numbers were so high, I actually decided to put my own policy about um, doing a negative self-rapid test. So I asked my customers, can you buy um, an, a test and make the test uh, just a few hours before the tour? Um, we know that maybe there is still a risk mm -hmm. but for the shared tours um it's always a way how to um dec decrease the risk of contaminations you know so i really did my best to be safe especially as a guide you see too many people uh to not be original with finding a way how to make more safe environment for yeah. you and then I wrote a blog post about that because, you know, customers are asking, where can you buy it? And, uh, and have, have you, have you, do you have to do it before the tour or at arrival at the tour? And it's like, look at this blog post. It's cost, it, it saves you a lot of money, uh, money and time. I mean, it saves you a lot of time if you write just a blog post about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our friend Chris Torres over at the Tourism Marketing Agency has just launched a series of five-minute workshops designed to help you make small changes but make big, positive impacts in your tour business. Chris will cover such topics as email marketing, video creation, sales processes, review building and much, much more. This free 10-week series will be available on his Digital Tourism Show Facebook group, YouTube channel, and all good podcasts. Just search The Digital Tourism Show for details. So I, I, one of the questions that we get a lot here at Tourpreneur, particularly from tourpreneurs that want to start a food business, food tour businesses, how do you build partnerships with bars and breweries? What would be some of your advice to people who are listening today that want to either start a brewery tour in their town or, or a food tour, for instance? I first, before COVID, I made often the mistake that I actually, I worked with somebody who didn't really want to work with me or like we were not at the same level or something of popularity so, you know, if you don't feel that this person is not believing in what you do, then try not to work with this person anymore, if it's possible. Um, yeah, yeah, because I had that before. And so now I see that the more I work with like the craft breweries, instead of like a, an old authentic bar where the owner doesn't know what Instagram is, and um, maybe it's always cool for some customers to still go to that type of bars, but try to make it uh, as as that you're not dependent on that. And maybe you can pass by and show the place to your customers as a suggestion instead of working together with that authentic old fashioned bar. Yeah. So. So let's say there's a bar or a brewery that you really want to work with. Um, how do you go about that? How do you go about, what's your first conversation like? How do you go about creating that partnership with them? I will uh, maybe first email them and say like, look, I'm interested in uh, working with you. If you don't get a reply, then uh, try to call them. 
if you don't reach to call them or they can easily say no on the phone, well, then just go to the place. It's a bit like doing sales, you know, yeah. uh, just so then you go to the place and you you hopefully if you have a good day, yeah, because sometimes, you know, you have bad days and you are not super energetic then don't 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 try to sell yourself th those days just go and you feel amazing and and you um you want to explain your story to the to the founder and um and then see how they react and um maybe also try to see how you can have a common audience eh? yeah. that's that's super important eh? So the beer secret story, what are you sharing with the, the brewery or the bar? What it, what are you sharing with them to get them interested? You mean what am I sharing with my clients? No. So let's say let's say there's a, a brewery that you want to organize yeah. a tour or a visit with. You're going in, you're sharing with them your story as a business. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how are you pitching that to them? Yeah, yeah. Um so I'm like uh, showing, uh, first of all, my good website. I have some, it's clear, like my business looks very good. Um, that's an important thing. So you show pr professionality. Mm -hmm. um, and then like... Um, with the brewery that I worked for, uh, for my beer boxes, for example, I know he's a one person business as well. Yeah. Uh, so we have that in common and I say, look, um, you have your audience from Brussels who already know you, but my audience is also coming from, uh, other regions in Belgium. So that could be interesting for you. That's what yeah. I was looking for, right? What's the win for that brewery? Because that brewery is like, well, people here already know me. I don't, I don't need you. But as soon as you start saying, I'm bringing people here from other cities or I'm yeah. bringing foreigners in here, um, that's what I try and get across to entrepreneurs. You've got to ask yourself, what's the win for the restaurant? What's the yes. win for the hotel or the brewery? And I think you going in with that, hey, I'm bringing people in from other parts of Belgium who are likely to leave and order, you know, if they can, depending on local laws, beer with them or go online and order it so that he's getting or she is getting more customers down the line. I think that is a win for the establishment, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. It's true. It's true. Um, and now I also see, I mean, we have 400 breweries in Belgium. Wow. So I'm sure that there are really uh, other um, perfect matches for me that we see a win-win. And sometimes in the past I was working, yeah, with breweries that that maybe don't need me. Yes. Um, and, and, and also make sure you find a, a partner. Yeah that has also already a value for you, of course. Uh, so, yeah. And like in the bars, what I do is um, now I'm working actually with a new bar in Ghent. Um, and uh, I'm asking him from the beginning, like, okay, if I start to come more often, what are actually the possibilities to have my visibility in your bar? <laughs> because he has such a beautiful, authentic bar that uh, I was starting already to doubt, like, damn it, I would probably not be able to even put my sticker in the toilet. <laughs> uh, but then he said, no worries, you will definitely be able to put some stickers next to the newspapers and uh, put your stickers where you have other brochures in the toilets, uh, leaflets in the toilets. Uh, maybe I overlooked to that. But uh, so ask your partner, what are the possibilities? Um and now I'm just thinking about uh, also what, what's, what's in it for you. Yes. Um, but yeah, I chose the bar because my clients like that bar. Um, I tested it, let's say. I tested it and the, the, the options, the, the, I, I, I didn't make any evening plans that, eve, that day because I wanted to ask my clients for their opinion, how yes. they found the itinerary, if it was not too long, because the place was a little bit further than other bars in the city center, but nobody said anything wrong about it. So listen to your customer. 
Don't just leave them there and drop them. You know, they're so valuable. And I I also wonder, you use Instagram or do you use Instagram? Yes, I do. Um, And again, I'm just thinking out loud is, you know, saying to that bar, for instance, hey, you know, I want to come in one day and take pictures of my guests here in your bar and put it on Instagram. And then when it's out on Instagram with his bar or her bar being very prominent, is sending that to them, say, hey, this is, look at this, you know, we, we great pictures, I love your bar. They are then thinking, oh, wow, they're also promoting my bar outside of the tours. And it's that win-win relationship. And I think there is a tendency sometimes to keep asking what we can have instead of, you know, what can we give to the venue? And I think that's another good strategy. Everyone loves yeah, to yeah. see their establishment on someone else's social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Definitely, definitely. Um, and now there was an... Uh, brewery doing a crowdfunding mm-hmm. um and uh, i also supported the crowdfunding and then i was making stories of that me uh like uh, supporting him in the crowdfunding so then he could repost nice. those stories and you know seeing someone else uh participating in a crowdfunding is a way of triggering other people to also support the crowdfunding so it's an example so with all those breweries i have to ask you how do you go about designing a unique tour experience you know what are you looking at in an establishment to be part of your tours to be part of be a secret yeah um the unique thing and um it's like I make sure that they actually can have something exclusive. Um, Like in my brewery tour in Brussels, I have a meet the brewer. So I, I bring them to a brewery that is not open to the public and uh, where they can talk with the founder and brewer. So um, that's, that's that's nice. different, of course, than my beer tours. In my beer tours, there is not that extremely a same example of exclusivity. But in my beer tours, I do, for example, um, I do a special food pairing, um, yes. which is which like I just purchase some local delicacies myself if it's not uh, provided in the bar. And that's the way how I can make the beer tasting much more uh, valuable. Excellent. Um, I'm not 100% sure if I answered your question with you, this you, way. You, you didn't, but you like, did give me an answer to another question I had. So so no, that that's all well and good. Um, I mean, I have also so many other ways how to make the best beer tour, but... I think as tourpreneurs, we sometimes don't realize how difficult it is like to create a good experience for someone. They're coming on your tour. You want them to have a great day out. You want them to be smiling. It's their holiday or their break or their day mm-hmm. with their spouse. Like what what are you looking at in terms of because you could just go, okay, uh, here's the top here's the three there's fifteen bars. Here's the top three alphabetically. I just take people there. You don't do that. You put a lot of care and attention into how you're designing that tour. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to get some guidance from you. What are some things you feel that that establishment must have? to make it onto your tour Mm. when you're curating it? For me, it's important that um, the place is different from another place that you have in your tour. Um, Because your customers, they need to experience um, something else. Um, So they want to experience like visiting a hidden gem. Yes. If you can. That's also not easier because if this hidden gem becomes so popular, it's not a hidden gem anymore. (laughs) But it might be if I if I'm coming to to Brussels. I've already been to Brussels once in my life. I've Uh already been to Bruges once, so I don't know the places where the best beer is. So the fact that you are curating it might not be a hidden gem to somebody who lives in Bruges, but to people who are coming from elsewhere, it is absolutely because I find there's nothing worse than going to a town or some, or a city for a, for a weekend break and you come back and someone says, Oh, did you go and drink that beer in this bar? I didn't know about that. And you feel frustrated. So going, that's why I love going on tours because someone is taking them out, taking me out to experience that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, So the hidden gem is important. 
And then, um, like me in the beer industry, I also visit a real beer bar where yeah. the people like uh, mostly I end my tour there because then yes. you know that you have beer lovers around you and they have that passion. They would love that kind of uh, place. Um, and then um, I also make sure that, um, well, for me, it's also just important to have a good a good, a good relationship with the, um, yeah, e even if the place is, is, is super for customers, again, um, the, the owner of the place also need to, uh, to, to like the fact that you come there and to give you a good service. Um, um, what else? Um, so service story. Yeah. Um, for me, know, the beers, the story yeah. Is, yeah. Which beers the, they have yeah. are also yeah. super important. Yeah, I, I always remember, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, I went on a food and beer tour in Montreal in Canada, and we went to one place and there was this pasta sauce and they were everybody raves about this pasta sauce and there was a really good story behind it but i had the pasta sauce and i'm like you know what this to me this just like tastes like supermarket pasta from a jar right oh. but the story no but the story was really interesting and the uh, kitchen that had been there for like 70 years so for me it was no longer about that pasta sauce it was like okay i kind of get they brought us here because it's a cute story but the pasta itself i was like eh, wasn't that crazy about it yeah I'm going to get hate mail now from all the Quebec people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, that reminds me now of, um, of also a place in, in Bruges. I mean, not, not the negative thing about the, the sauce, but the positive thing about uh, how the place was. Because it's true that in, in Bruges, um, uh, there is one specific bar that I think like, okay, people can really not miss that. There is like, old hop flowers hanging on the nice. ceiling um there is a small little dog uh which is part of the the founder um then uh, there is all yeah old boards of old beer brands so this is really a place where people are so uh astonished uh, by seeing it and yeah. actually there is also that that hidden gem in Ghent is also very uh, special because the people who also like whiskey, they can find a, a, a completely stockage of whiskey in that bar. Um, so, yeah, I actually, um, thanks to the fact that I always ask the feedback to my customers at the end of the tour, I learned from their advice or, or uh, feedback. And that's how I actually end up now with uh, working with that specific uh, partner's there is then a bar that is actually also a brewery, but super small. It's just like three small little tanks of 300 liters. But then you also see that people really, depending on which type of client you have, but that they like to go to a place uh, where the beer is produced. Of course, yes. that's a yeah. big, big, big value. Um, I yeah. want to... Uh... If I may just change gears, I noticed on your website that you are your booking platform is powered by Fair Harbor. Uh, yes, yeah. What made you choose Fair Harbor? <laughs> I uh, in the beginning I was uh, not so satisfied. Honestly, I almost changed. Mm -hmm. um, but well, I mean, with Fair Harbor, if you don't make. 100,000 euros revenue uh, per year, 6% um, fee commission per booking is doable. But I think that if you have like crazy numbers of revenue, maybe 6% is starting to be a lot. Um, so I think for small businesses, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting platform and um they are actually super good in service eh? that's uh that's 10 100 100 that's definitely the case they they will reply your email in in the first 12 hours they will explain you with a video how you have to do it in a platform or they do just do it for you right. 
Um, and then we also had at a certain moment when it was COVID, I mean, it's still COVID, but with the lockdowns, um, they also created like this, this free, like this platform with free workshops about how to Compass. increase your SEO. Yes. Compass. Yeah. Compass, how yeah. So which that, frustrates me really because valuable. It frustra well, it frustrates me because I can't get in there and see it because it's only for Fair Harbor customers, right? Yeah. Which I, I, I get, but it's like, I've never seen how good the information is in there. Yeah. No, it was... Uh, for for me now, after two years, I learned a lot when it comes right. to marketing and and really the basic as an entrepreneur. Um, but there were different levels anyway. By the way, there were articles for beginners, advancers. So yes. I'm sure that if I would have the time, I would still uh, have a look to it uh, every now and then. Um, also, before I forget, so. I was not so satisfied with the, the fact that they were only using credit cards and other payment methods. But then finally they get also the 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 payment method of the local market. Uh, it's called Bankcontact. But for the Belgian people, it's super important. So now they integrated that and even PayPal. So I think that also has been a very good uh, step in my website improvements. Excellent. Yeah. Good yeah. to hear. Um, I want to wrap this up because I know it, I want to be respectful of your time. So, so a bit of a quick fire question for you. What would you, first of all, what would you do differently? If you could go back in time, we go in a time machine, you go back to starting again full time. What are you going to whisper in Lisa Lott's ear? What would you do differently? Yeah, I mean, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> Is there like one big mistake you made or there was a one strategy you wish you had done when you started out? Like what's what's the big learning that you would share with Lisa Lot of 2019? Make sure that you work with the right partners. Mm -hmm. Yes. That um, that is a big advice um, because it's your audience. Um, I have invested a lot in um, visibility uh, in the wrong places at a certain moment as well because I didn't know who is my audience. Mm -hmm. So you really have to know who you want who like, who you want to be your audience if that is yes. correct english yes that's super important because i was just doing this and this and this and spending time in that but then if you realize afterwards but my audience is not there um that's such a waste of time so and do you have an avatar right now by that I mean do you have a user in your head an end user a guest maybe an age bracket or yeah. in, in your head? Do you have like, that's that's my ideal customer. That's kind, who wants to come on my tours. That's, yeah, kind of, you know, kind of. It's not easy, but um, kind of. And and I think, I think it could also help by, you know, X number of times, sorry, uh, a few times a year, uh, just staying a little bit longer, talking with your customers and see if they have children or lots, what music they like, which platforms they are active on. Yeah. Yes. And actually, um, Shane, that's only for the Dutch speaking persons. I can advise you something, but it's it's a typical, it's a course. It's actually a kind of business school that I did about thinking about What's your um, goal in the future, not only business-wise, but also private life, thinking yeah. about your audience, doing a little bit of research. Um, it's called Travak Business. Um, so I'm sure that a lot of people from the Netherlands as well are listening now. And uh, that's also some actually a, an online course, but you uh, end up in a kind of community uh, with other entrepreneurs. And that's Great. how you can also ask your questions after doing the online courses. That's um, 
something what helped me a lot as well. What what I would also say as a as another advice is if you do know other persons, of course, being a tourpreneur, then it can definitely help you. Yes. Um, yeah, that's true. But I guess everybody who's listened to tourpreneur knows other tourpreneurs. But only through the podcast and the community. And yeah. I was really shocked, not that I want to do a big pitch, but we have, I think, 3,300 members in our Facebook group. And Facebook told me that in the last seven days, 2,600 of those members have been active. Oh. By that, they mean commenting, liking. And I was yeah. like, 2,600 out of 3,300. And that is because our community, it's all about helping each other grow our business. It's uh-huh. about coming in and asking a question. Um, it may be, you know, you could have come in and said, right, I need to ship these beer boxes. Does anybody know the best way of doing this? Or we have people coming in and saying, hey, I need public liability insurance. Who can I use? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I uh, retain tour guides? That kind of thing. So having that support network, I think now we're starting to get there through myself, through arrival, through trip school. But that hasn't really been there in the past. Mm, yeah, yeah. That that community is so important. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've got three quick questions for you before mm-hmm. we wrap up. What is one book you recommend other tourpreneurs read? Me and books. <laughs> you just answered that one. <laughs> I take it you're not much of a reader. What about a pod? Is there any podcasts? I know you said you, you like listening to podcasts. Is there any in particular you recommend for tourpreneurs? I mean, uh, I know nothing about beer. That's a cool one. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's from the US and I was there as a guest as well one day. Oh, fantastic. And there is Alpha Vrouwen for the Dutch speakers. It's mm-hmm. about uh, female entrepreneurs. Um, and then there is the Tourism Marketing Agency uh, from Chris. Chris um, Torres. Chris Torres from Scotland. He made my website. And Fantastic. I will. I could definitely recommend him uh, because he's such an honest, good person. He's an expert in his job, um, and so he does also. Um, I know he does the YouTube, Digital the YouTube tourism things. show. Yes, exactly. Digital yeah. tourism show. So, yeah. What about um, a piece of technology? Uh, is there a tech piece of technology or an app or anything that you use either to run the business or for productivity that you'd recommend to other tourpreneurs? I just implemented Elfsight in my website and it's like, um, it's an app, um, it's a widget on your website where you can uh, collect all your reviews, not like ah. all, but from different platforms like Airbnb, TripAdvisor, Facebook, Google. And uh, I pay, unfortunately, you have to pay uh, 10 euros a month for that. Yeah. And what was the name of it again? It's called, I will double check, eh, but... Yeah, if you email it to me, I will add it to the show notes, which everyone can find sure. at tourpreneur.com forward slash one seven four well um we've covered a lot i've still got a ton more questions here so hopefully i will meet you at a future arrival event in europe or maybe come back on in six months and uh, share with us what your your business students have come up with i I would love to follow you on your journey lisa lot i'm I'm very inspired i i love your um your attitude i love your energy for what you're doing (laughs) and getting out there and just trying stuff it's very inspirational thank you thank you well, and I also hope to meet you one day, that's for sure. And I actually also hope to host you one day and to to make sure you can also find your new best Belgian beer friend. <laughs> I I absolutely will. I, I, I love beer. In fact, I have to say this has been one of the most challenging interviews for me here at Tourpreneur because from the first minute, I've really been wanting a beer. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the right <laughs> moment right now. Go for it. What what I'm keeps gonna, you holding? You know, I, once we're finished with this and I've tidied up, I think I'm going to go to the local beer cave and buy some good Vermont beer because I don't think they sell any Belgian beer. I'll have to see if they have any Belgian beer. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you today. Um, where can people find your website? Where can they find you online? They can find me on beersecret.com. 
super easy. Nice and easy. Uh, the same thing for Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then um, there is also the platform um, beersecret.podia.com if you want to enjoy my um, beer cinema. So there you there you find the virtual uh, the virtual beer tours, you know. Uh, so that's also a platform that I recommend where you can Excellent. do online courses. Podia. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I will add the, all those sh- um, links and resources to the show notes. Um, and I'm trying to remember how to say thank you in French. Is it uh, thank you? Yeah, in the dot. Thank you well. Thank you well. Thank yeah. you, Val. Um, thanks for coming on. This is Shane Whaley for Tourpreneur. Thanks for listening to the Tourpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit tourpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Tourpreneur.